the honeydew with y'all. Thank you for your support. Here's Ryan Sickler. Welcome back to the honeydew with y'all, y'all. We're over here doing it in the Night Pan Studios. I'm Ryan Sickler, and I can't thank you enough for your support on this show. It is one of my absolute favorite things. Listen, I've had a lot of fucking jobs in my life, including UPS. Shout out to UPS, Baltimore, Primary One, Joe Avenue. But this shit's my favorite. I'm telling you this is my this. Your guys' stories are out of control. Uh, so if you or someone you know has that story that has to be heard, please submit it to honeydewpodcast at gmail.com. Stop messaging me all over the fucking place of where to submit it. That's where you submit it, honeydewpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and it's five bucks a month. You guys know the deal. And if you're in here just, you know, wetting your toes and you know you're in, just sign up for the year and save yourself some money. All right. You'll see, you'll get over a month of free episodes if you sign up for the year. Okay. You know what we do over here? We're highlighting the low lights, uh, shining some light in the dark darkness, y'all. Uh, today's guest, no different. Please welcome to the, the honeydew with y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, Mitch Lucas, welcome to the honeydew with y'all, Mitch Lucas. Thank you so much, Ryan. You got oh, it. This, man. Is, this is so awesome. Um, you're, I'm really pumped. Your laundry list, this could be three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. Yeah, it's pretty All fucked right. up. So we're gonna we're gonna start at the top. Uh, but before we do, please, Mitch, tell me where are you right now? Uh, I'm in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Where is right it? at the Tell me. It's yeah. at the border of Memphis. It's Memphis, Tennessee is about a quarter mile away from my house. So okay. right there at the edge of Memphis. East so the, Memphis. East Memphis. Okay, I've been there before. I've been, and then West Memphis is officially on the other side of the bridge in Arkansas. So you, right, 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 you've right. got Mississippi, Arkansas, and Tennessee all in that little pocket right there. Right, right. Man, that's like Harper's Ferry in Maryland. That's Maryland, Virginia, and West Virginia all right there. Uh-huh. You, can, you can stand on one little piece of land, and you're in all three states or right there. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty wild. Okay, so that's where it is. Um, and what do you? How old are you? Uh, forty-one. Forty-one. All right. And what do you do for a living? I. Uh, I'm a machine operator, so I work for a nonprofit Catholic organization, even though I'm not uh, anything atheist, you know. I stopped believing in, you know, Santa Claus and shit. (laughs) (laughs) They'll still let you work, though, won't they? Man, and it's like a government job, so you get all holidays, great benefits, all this kind of really good stuff. And it was so random, like, my babysitter, her husband was the manager, and that's how I got the job. He was like, oh, you need a job? Come on. That's great. but I run a machine that's like basically junk mail for Catholics. Please send us your money so we can feed the poor people of the Mississippi Delta, gotcha. which is down like close to Clarksville. My wife is a teacher in Tunica. She's an art teacher. That's why we live here because she's okay. a, it's the only art job available in Mississippi. In the state? That, that you could get that was open. You gotcha. know, nobody gotcha. wants like they rotate. They don't last but a year here. Mm-hmm. And man, she came home crying every day. Those kids were <laughs> it was brutal, bro. And I was fresh out of prison. We had just got married. Yeah, we're going to get into you, bro. Right. Washing fucking dishes and shit. It was, I mean, that's my first job. Anytime I move somewhere, wash fucking dishes. You can always get a job doing that shit. All right, let's start here. We're going to just go in order here. Do you have your list that you sent in? Yeah, I got it. So we're going to start with born in Mississippi, abandoned by your father. So uh, you're born in Mississippi, and your dad leaves you and your mom? Yeah, before birth. So they were married. That's her. My mom's been married four times. So first husband was very abusive and tried to kill her. Second husband is my father. 
and they were married for seven years and he did not want children because he's an alcoholic his father's an alcoholic everybody's a fucking alcoholic he doesn't want kids she's top staking her birth control on I'm purpose obviously birth, yeah yeah kept it from him and fucking he man of his word he left her and that was the wrong was kind of man to your word you know what i mean yeah i guess man <laughs> i guess <laughs> bitch if i say i'm leaving i'm leaving and then so he's look, gone. Then he's okay, gone. Let's just go. <laughs> so I'm nine years old. The fucking phone rings and we're hanging out. I got a dad. Like she remarried before I had memories, changed my name, lied to me, all that. I mean, I'm sure you get it all the time on the honeydew. Yeah, we're my hearing a lot of this My shit. father type mm-hmm. shit, you know. So, I mean, I always wondered why I got three grandmas. It always seemed weird. She was the only one that kept in touch was his mother. Oh, wow. Okay, so your biological grandmother grandmother, kept in touch. I knew her, but she dies right after. So anyway, get a phone call. Mitch, this is not your real father. Your real father just died in a car accident, and we got to go pick out a suit for the fucking funeral. Who calls you and tells you that? Didn't tell me. Told my mother. She came out on the porch. My whole family, my sister, I got a younger sister that's his daughter. So she's my half-sister. But up until that moment, I had no clue. And then boom. And like two days, three days later at the funeral, all these people are like, you look just like your dad. I'm like, huh? He's blue, man. He's blue. (laughs) It's fucked up. Man, it's fucked up. You look like an alive version of your dad, man. Yeah. look just fucking like. So I got to ask you this. Was it an open casket? Uh, Yeah. Okay. So that's, hold on. The first time. No, it's okay. Because I, I want to ask this question. The first time you laid eyes on your father was when he was dead. That's fucking crazy. That's crazy, dude. Holy shit. I got two birth certificates, so look. That's a motherfucker. <laughs> that's a bitch. You gotta know my mom, I want to say that's the first time on the show right there, bro. <laughs> dead in a motherfucker. Dead as a motherfucker. And look. Oh, that is terrible. That's terrible. I'm sorry. That's awful, bitch. I'm sorry. This ain't your dad. Your dad's dead. Let's go meet him. Son of a bitch. That's terrible. Man, no wonder. No wonder I heard prison early on already. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Go ahead, please. Sorry. Okay. So, at that time, we're living in a single wide trailer in my grandfather's cow pasture that her and my dad, or what I thought was my, we'll call him my adoptive father. Dirk is his name. Right, Dirty Dirk. Dirk. Dirty Dirk. That's where the Lucas comes from. Dirk Lucas. He's from North Carolina. And his fucking, his father was 28 years older than his mother and already had 17 children. <laughs> God damn. So he's from the way back from the 18 somethings. So he, he, he was a bootlegger during Prohibition. Had I saw Polaroids. My uncles, I had one uncle that was only like five years older than me. His fucking son, this old motherfucker's son, <laughs> he showed me Polaroids of the fields of weed they used to grow and shit. Field. It was nuts. So that's where he comes from. Okay, anyway. My mom's like, <laughs> all right. He died a wealthy man. My biological grandfather 
on his mother's side. So my grandmother that I knew, her daddy invested in Kodak. Nah. Way. How about way. that? So I got this whole side of my family that I know nothing about, never introduced nothing, that are all like super, super generational wealth. Don't all have nothing. They don't speak to me. I'll get to that. So she fucking sues for paternal rights. So his social security benefits. He's married. He remarried. Damn. <laughs> yeah. So took, they had to, and sue. So he sued her, his sister and his widow <laughs> for my benefits. And it took about four years. So by the time I was 12, we won. It was $1.5 million. Damn. Four businesses in the small town in Alabama. Wait, $1.5 million plus four businesses? Plus four businesses, 40 acres of land. Damn. And Pine Forest Pine is a big thing around where I'm from on the Alabama-Mississippi line. That's the Pine Belt. So you could, that's like a 15-year investment. You can harvest that later. And I remember like four years later, I got a letter in the mail saying, hey, we're going to harvest our pines. We'll do it for you too with a small fee and you'll get a hundred grand off of it. And that's the day I found out that the pine, that land was gone. I was about 17. By the time I was 18, they spent it all. And then plus I got a $900 social security check every month. Till I was 18 too. And then I was like 180 grand total. So about close to $2 million. All Damn. But your That's mom. not supposed to be touched until I'm 21. Right. And but I it's, had to it's for you. It's for you. For me. In a trust. And I had to sign every fucking check that they spent when they spent it. It was gone. So the single wide trust. Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? Your mom. spent it all. Your mom and Dirk. 18. Your mom and yeah. Dirk. Nah. Wait. Every fucking bit. Dirk didn't have a job. <laughs> Wait. For about eight years, I guess. Ah. Wait a they second. turned the single wide You're telling look. me that you inherited $2 million before you were 18, and your mom and stepfather spent it all. Every all of fucking it. bit. Before all you were eight, before you could even get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God damn. I got braces. I got braces. <laughs> Uh, I was yeah, in the band, boy. so I got a trombone. <laughs> Stop. Stop trying to make it sound better. You, hey, you that trombone, bro, they took that shaft and you gave it right to you, shoved it right up your ass. Oh, my so, God. Get the fuck out of here. I got a trombone, Before I turned 18, bro. Dirk took me to a lawyer's office to sign some paperwork. I didn't even know what the fuck it was. So that I, I was drunk. You know, I'm great been sober for 13 14 when i went to prison so whatever we're gonna get to that <laughs> yeah yeah so two million dollar inheritance they piss wow. it all away it's gone and you're signing checks are they just lying to you and telling you what it is this is for yeah. this or that and you're we just, just doing... need this yeah we need this on this and what are they buying with this two million i don't know what do they have so, to show for it today because two million dollars you would think you'd have know. a home something uh, okay some I'll kind tell of you, stocks I'll, investments I'll tell you. Okay, single wide trailer in the cow pasture. Got you. Let's not move it and build a new house. Let's add on to the trailer. No. So they double the width of the trailer. You got wait. You got a quadruple wide. <laughs> and they put. You got a double double wide trailer. <laughs> that is some hillbilly rich shit right there. <laughs> and and then oh, so re- as a reward for me. We're going to court for all these. I used to miss school all the time. 
have to go to court, all this shit. I was a straight A fucking student up until this moment. And then, so, oh, I got a little, uh, I'm getting in it. So what they did to my room was they took my room and doubled it in size. So it was a really big bedroom that I did get to grow up in a really nice bedroom with a door to the outside and a porch I could smoke weed on. (laughs) It's the middle of nowhere. So stars all growing up. I've been to Mississippi. I've been to every fucking thing growing up. It was, it was, that was amazing. That part of it was, and I used to throw these raging fucking field parties. I mean, 300 people, huge bonfire, just getting hammered. I don't remember a fucking one of them. (laughs) So they added on to my room. I'm sorry, man. It's okay. Okay, so 14, Dirk leaves my wife, my mom. Sorry, I got a little stirred up. So when I was about 14, Dirk decides he wants to get a job. He's going to be a game warden. So he's about my age at this time, 40-something, goes to fucking boot camp and becomes a game warden in the state of Mississippi and gets a job at the lake, and you have to live at the lake. So he gets another trailer, puts the trailer out on the lake, and we never see him. Oh, uh, yeah, no shit. Dirk is gone. <laughs> he's he's like deuces, y'all. <laughs> he starts swooping up lots around the lake, land, buying up land around the lake. He may still have that land. I don't know. So... <laughs> We're going to fast forward a little while to get to some of the good stuff. But that's kind of my basis. I hate my parents, and they're I, fucking stole all my goddamn thieves. money. And... Yeah, they're fucking thieves. Okay. So, let's get to it. Uh, around that time, too, that grandmother dies. My grandfather gets cancer. He's my only paternal figure, really, because Dirk's never around. Uh, we live behind their house on my grandfather's property and stuff which is all gone now. Nobody, we don't have it anymore. My grandfather was a sharecropper dude in the Delta down here, saved up $10,000 and bought that house and that land. And within one generation, it was all fucking That gone. fucking sucks. All fucking gone. All it takes is one generation to fuck up everything. Man. And bro, we got, we got, <laughs> yeah, but Sally, you got a bunch of them in this, in this generation. All my cousins, everybody. I mean, there's few that it's, it's, if you're, don't have a substance abuse problem or a mental health issue in my family, you're the black sheep. Like, it's rare. Yeah, it's you're the problem. Yeah. Yeah. If you ain't fucked up like this, then you ain't one of <laughs> Right, right. So, look, bro, man, I remember she gave the church like 20 grand or some crazy shit. Yeah, you're not, you're not Baptist all the way, bro. You got a trombone. <laughs> Had to be fucking uh, oh, Wednesday shit. night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. For a year, till I was 16, and was like, never fucking again. That Church, was, got it. Yeah. That was, so, but hardcore okay. Southern Baptist. So your grandfather. And very racist. Of, yeah, I, I got that. I'm sure of that. Robert. Yeah. And Dart is slaying them bombs like they're going out of style, man. So, anyway, he becomes game warden, and we never really see him again, uh, except when, when I started getting into trouble. So that's kind of my only connection with him is when I start getting into trouble, he can relate because what we don't know about Dirk is he's got about five previous felonies in North Carolina that he's had hidden in the record. And that comes, that comes around later too. So when I was about 17 is when it all starts. Okay. 
Uh, there was one time where I got drunk, but uh, wait, can I stop I you for a second? You you were yeah, about yeah. to tell us about your grandfather. You were telling, or you started telling us about your grandfather. Her, oh my. Uh, yeah, he had my he, mother's father. Yeah. Oh, the sharecropper. Yeah. Okay, so his father was never owned his own property and sharecrops all where we're from is red clay hills and just nothing you scrabble in fucking dirt like he was a child of the depression i've got his boots here his foot was never bigger than an eight damn and my grandmother's foot is as big as mine a 12 she can wear my tennis <laughs> she was a basketball player man in the 40s and oh, shit. Yeah. yeah 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 my sister's got it too she can play basketball like a motherfucker yeah yeah so uh, but his brothers were hardcore alcoholics. My grandfather's brothers, both mm-hmm. of them, Earl and and TJ or some shit like that. They stole every fucking dollar he ever had. And back then, you had to pay to go to high school. So he got a job. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't so know that. For, from ninth grade and where I'm from, man. So from ninth grade to twelfth grade, that's what he did. He had to uh, clean. And like like the boilers, all that kind of shit at the school before school and clean up after school, and that was his tuition. Okay. So he raised up enough money for his senior. It was his senior year, and he was going to graduate that year. And his fucking father found his money that was saved up for the next year's tuition and fucking stole it and said it's for the family and the brothers and them all just hammered it up. So he ran away. That was uh, he left home, joined the triple C's. He's responsible. My grandfather, man. He built a lot of those state parks, national parks, and shit like that. When he was 17, he left home. Just took off walking without a fucking dollar in his pocket. You know, and then built all that up to that land. So we That's, have a note here. That you say, it says, grandfather has cancer, and then... Oh, the TV tray, man. Yeah, yeah. God damn it. I was going to try to get out of that. <laughs> no, I want to hear this shit. Okay, so... He had a rare, he worked in a chemical plant where I'm from. Not only was he a farmer and he was hip to the soybean game way ahead of time. Yeah, that's the game, man. Man, it, it's I know my about it. My grandmother was set for the rest of her life. She lived to be 94. I I'm, think COVID might have got her, but it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. I met a dude at a wedding and he was a soybean farmer. And I sat down and talked to this motherfucker for two hours. And I was like, man, you tell me the government's all the way literally to the dirt. He goes, to the dirt told me that you can only put it, even though that seed can regenerate, you're allowed it one time. And then if you don't, if you burn your, or you keep planting those same seeds, they'll come in and then the equipment's gone and they blacklist you and you're out of business. Oh yeah. Cause oh. no one can afford those combines. You got to rent them from the government. I didn't know that either. I didn't know. Oh man, they're so. crazy. Look down in Tunica where my wife teaches. I mean, the fucking houses are falling in on themselves. And then there's a dealership for these giant yeah. fucking combines and yeah. shit. I'm like, who the fuck is buying this shit? Yeah. The uh, it's government. Nuts, it's nuts. All right, sorry. So go ahead. Your grandfather no, no, has cancer. Cool. So uh, my parents were never around either. So most of our days were spent at grandma's. Like I get dropped off the bus there. She cooked supper for us. So I always had an old granny home cooked meal for supper. And it was great. My mother, I can't remember a meal she ever cooked. It's fucking nuts. So anyway. Uh, we're sitting there eating supper like we normally do and watching Nick at Night and fucking Batman, the old 66 shows on. And that's my channel. My whole, you can't see it, but it's this room I'm in is covered in Batman shit. So anyway, 
sitting there watching Batman and fucking Batgirls on the screen, you know, and I got to watch her and I'm not paying attention. We got these big old timey flower TV trays. I know exactly with the stand on it. Yeah. yeah. So my grandfather is coming through and he's done gone through so many rings of uh, chemo. It took him maybe three years to die from it, I think. But he's on a walker at this point and he's like clacking through the living room, going to cut through to go to the bathroom. So I fucking watch the Batman, and I go, boom, and I move my tray oh, right in mid, like when he's got it off the ground. Oh, God. And he's swinging it through the air. And this motherfucker goes down like a goddamn tree. Fuck, dude. <sighs> I remember because he cut a giant tree down when I was about six, and I watched it fall. He fell just like that motherfucker. Chin first. No. Wow. What oh, on the sh- oh what? man is he just right to started. the floor? Is he hitting the table? What's he hitting? Nothing there, nothing wide open. Almost hit the TV, that big old wood style with the eight track player and the record player on one side. He almost hit that. Shit. Poor man. Oh my god. And so he had to go to the fucking hospital and all this. And my grandmother's screaming at me and all this. shit. And it wasn't, we went to see him in the hospital and his hole was black and blue all under here, all down here. Oh. All he was dead not much longer. Oh, I remember his funeral <laughs> was the first. <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> You tripped your grandfather with a TV tray, and about a week later, he died. <laughs> That's terrible. <sighs> right after my fucking dad had just died. Oh, God. Uh, you know, like when you're nine, your brain grows, like your body stops growing, and your brain, you get all your frontal lobe and everything just expands at that age. So all my key memories are fucking like, Dead, 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 fucking. Uh, yeah, I listen. Uh, me too. Up I know, in, man. I know. Up until yeah. the time of twenty-three, it was just death, 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 death. Yes, I get it. I mean, I never killed any of them like you did, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I know the fall you're talking about because I witnessed yeah, my grandma take. I know, it. I know the so fall. Up, I know man. the fall, bro. But I was just like. Oh, Bro, like what the fuck shit. you gonna do, man? Oh my god, it's horrible. So horrible. your, your uh, list here That's says three father figures gone, gone <laughs> by nine. Eleven. 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 Okay. So now it says alcoholic by fifteen, and what happens by the age of twenty-five? In those years? Yeah, you have how many? How many DUIs do you? I get? have seven DUIs. Oh my god. In ten years, oh wait, in nine years, how many? Well, I didn't get my first one until I was nineteen, so I got a couple of years to ramp up. You got that seven happened. DUIs in six years, nineteen to twenty-four. Five, Five years. years, holy Five shit, years. dude! With lapses of sobriety in between, too. That's another thing. Like I'd go like four years sober, and then boom, fuck, one drink's all it takes, man, and it's over. What is it for you? What gets you? Beer, uh, I've whiskey, done liquor. I mean, done everything. So it doesn't matter. If you had a beer, it would be an issue. Yeah, garbage head. I can smoke weed. It's the only thing I can do. Okay. That's what I hear. I'm hearing that, it a lot. I'm hearing it a lot. Even though. that I have to control. Like, it, it's so hard. 
I can get out of control just with smuggling. Just too much of it, you know, reckless spending and shit like that. It's hard to get. I'm in fucking Mississippi, man. We passed legal medical last year, and they still won't vote on it and give it to us. I'm a prime. I got PTSD fucking out the wazoo. Yeah, and I bro, can't get you it, are man. a prime candidate. My insurance I mean, would you, pay don't, for don't it. they know you've killed before? It will be don't they know who they're dealing with, Mitch? It will be 10 bucks, man, but I got to pay street fucking prices and go up into Memphis where the gate has spikes on it so you can't tailgate to get into the apartment complex. That's how I got to get fucking that, Is that right? So many people tailgate to get in, they put spikes on And some of the people coming out, their fucking bumpers and shit will be all fucked up. <laughs> all right, so I'm, you've got a lot going on here, man. Look, let's, let's start with just first arrest, man. Yeah, let's hit first arrest. That's where I wanted to go. Okay. So when I was 17, I tore my ACL. Uh, I had a bad car wreck, too, coming home from work, and, and bam, busted the window out. And that's kind of my first concussion, first unconscious. And right about then, I really ramp up, like, partying and reckless behavior and shit. So anyway, I fuck my knee up and have to have the old school where they split your shit open and it takes forever for it to heal. So... Since I had wrecked my my truck, I had to drive my mother's car. And back then, I was only 17, so she wouldn't let me drive on the four lane. So I convinced this motherfucker that it was a great idea to let me drive our only vehicle 30 minutes on the highway to Tupelo, you know, where Elvis is born. I know close Tupelo, to Mississippi. Yeah. close to there. So I got to go to Tupelo. But God damn it, I forgot cigarettes. And I'm underage then. And it's right when they started cracking down on buying cigarettes. That kind of, you had to be fucking 18. So I would just shoplift the fuck out of everything, man. They kept them on the aisles back then. Yeah, just they grab did. A car. My buddy just had the best move. <laughs> he would grab two. Yeah. And then he would walk, but you wouldn't see him grab two. He'd grab two and he'd walk the store or whatever. And then he'd slide one in his pocket and be like, ah, I'm going to put these back. And then he would, the guy would witness him put it back thinking, oh, he only took one originally. And then he'd buy something else and bounce out. It worked God every it's the time. same fucking story, man. Every so time. here's here I go. So I I left my fucking crutches at a party the night before, and I've got a full-on immobilizer, like not even the the football style one, the full you can't bend your fucking leg. So I got a like <laughs> into the store. I grab. Come on, you gotta stick with me, man. I grab two packs. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to pretend like I chickened the fuck out and put it back as I, you know, in pocket one. But I hobbled around this goddamn store all the way around the perimeter, you know. And back then, we didn't have, like, a place for Blockbuster or no bullshit like that. So you rent the movies at the grocery store. So they got, like, a section of VHSs that you can rent. So I'm over there pretending like I'm going to rent a fucking movie. And I drop the fucking pack of cigarettes. And then instantly hand on my goddamn shoulder. Where's the cigarette, son? <laughs> I'm like, they're right here. And he's like, no, no, the other one that's in your pocket. I don't know what you're talking about. And I tried to run, man. I swear. <laughs> that's awesome. Where are you Just going? Just had go? major fucking surgery. <laughs> A patellograph where they fucking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> try to go. And these, <laughs> the dude grabs me again. So I pushed the motherfucker. He was probably about 50-something. I don't know. He had gray hair. And I pushed hey, him bro, into Hey, bro, I'm the not 50, and I got gray hair. 
I pushed him into the racks, man, and he knocked all the VHSs over. And they fucking spilled everywhere. It was in the Jitney Jungle in Fulton, Mississippi. The Jitney Jungle. <laughs> these motherfuckers. So four of these high school dudes, like the bagger guys, come and grab me and hoist me over their shoulders. And I'm like, get the fuck off of me, you know? I socked a couple of them, I'm sure. I don't know. They take me to the back. And the fucking cops are coming, you know. Like, I might could have got out of it, but no fucking way. You're going to jail this time, buddy. So the cops come. And <laughs> what I got to be clear about right now is I've got a sack of weed on me. So <laughs> I've got it in, like, the fifth pocket, this shit, you know, like workman's pants. But mm-hmm. I've got the big immobilizer on the same leg. So they pat me down, and they don't find it. And I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, just shoplifting, you know. I can deal with shoplifting. I'm a minor. You got to call your fucking parents. They start patting me down, and this coat has an empty pack of cigarettes with two fucking roaches in it. Ah. Possession of marijuana. Come on, for roaches. Yeah, man. For roaches. This Mississippi motherfucker in 1997. I'm born in 1980. That's how you always, that's when I hit. 97, man. So they try to load me in the fucking paddy wagon, like in the back. In the back of the With cruiser, your leg on. like a normal <laughs> yeah, yeah. fucking, I'm like, God damn, leg, motherfucker, you know. They take me. You got to call your mom. You got to call your parents to come get you. So I'm like, I'm crying, you know, like a motherfucker. And you're like, 17. Oh, yeah, like, <laughs> I got two million waiting on me next year. Two million. No, you don't. No, no you, you don't. Ain't got shit. <laughs> and that's why I had so much leeway to just be a fucking maniac. I had so much ammunition when it comes to that shit, where they couldn't say a fucking thing to me. They just be like, God damn, I guess we just got to wait it out. So I call my mom. She's got to get the preacher's wife to give her her ride to come pick me the fuck up. Because I'm in our only vehicle. I, I convinced her to let me drive. Right, yeah. And first chance, I'll fucking burn it to the ground. Also, who's even saying yes with your leg in that condition? That's I don't know. I know. I know. It's unsafe know. as fuck. Forget about the age. She didn't want to deal with it. She'd been bringing me. Every, you got to go every day for a year back then. It's hardcore. I mean, it was fucked. So she was probably just sick of taking me. So I fucking went. You know, Dirk's gone. She went back to college. <laughs> she only got a job now. For so about four years. Let me ask. I'm just gonna go through some bullet points here. How many times have you been arrested? About forty, I guess. <laughs> I'm really not sure. Look, it got to the point where did they so fucking small. know you? Do you have a goddamn yeah, picture on the, down the road? And they're like, "There's Mitch. His license is suspended. That's guaranteed five hundred dollars right there. He's got to go to jail. He's probably drunk. He's probably got some weed or something on him. We got him. You know." Look, one time I had a carload of dudes. There was a quarter ounce of cocaine in the car. And these motherfuckers pulled me over because they recognized me and only busted me. They took me to jail. And I had weed on me then, too. They never found me. They're terrible. After that time I got busted the first time, I go home and I'm like, I'm never fucking smoking weed again. And I threw the weed in the toilet and flushed the toilet. It was in a baggie, you know, flushed it. It went down and it fucking came back up. And I pulled it back out of the top. So I've been smoking ever since. And I never, you know. <laughs> and we was like, nah, don't do this. Dude. No. You need me, motherfucker. Right. 
Um, I'm just going to laugh at this bullet point that uh, Kirsten put on here for me, but you have, it goes, sold coke, cooked meth, built furniture. <laughs> that sounds like your night. <laughs> that sounds like something you do in one night. <laughs> sold a little coke a earlier, years, got high on some meth, let's build some furniture. A lot of years, man. It was like one of my first jobs was I would clean up after they build the frame. So there's pines there, so mm. it's access to timber. So they build furniture frames there. So I worked in the sawmill cleaning up and bullshit like that. My fucking one day I'm pulling a load of like two by fours that are maybe a foot long, and it falls on me, breaks my foot. And I'd been I was so bad at school at this point. I'm a senior. They're like, if you miss another fucking day, it's oh, it's a wrap, brother. And I missed a fucking day because I broke my goddamn foot. And they expelled me for that. I never graduated. I was two weeks from graduating. Oh, that's fucked up. Did you, ever, did you ever go get your certificate? Oh, I went and got my GED immediately, okay. like, the next day. <laughs> All right. So tell me about this. Uh, two rehabs. Uh, and you said there was a, a story in one of the rehabs. Okay. So you're jumping forward a little bit, too, man. So, Coach, Listen. the furniture thing, man. This is what I'm. This is what I'm looking I'm at. I'm so bro. sorry. I'm so sorry. I gotta tell this mobile story, okay? Please, yes. I'm okay. just trying to help you here. I gotta tell you this, okay? So we're. I'm about 19. By 19, I'm full block, fully leaded, man. I've tried everything. I'm fucking on the, in the middle of nowhere. We live in the middle of fucking nowhere, and I got access to everything. So, I'm hammered one night. It's about midnight. My buddy comes in the door with two pill bottles, they're manufacturers, and they never would let me come around. I was like, tester, motherfucker. They'd be like, here, Mitch, try this. See if it kills you. But I get see if it all kills the free, you. <laughs> all the free medicine, all the free Coke I want. All, I mean, we were all just friends, and we grew up together, and so they just fucking, I was just one in the crowd, you know? But they'd like me around. I don't know. I'm very personable, I guess. So anyway. You are, Mitch. You are. Yeah. So... We're hammered. Somebody gets the fucking idea. It's 4th of July, 2000, I think. I'm not sure. They're like, let's go to Panama City. He's got two pill bottles, the big amber pill bottles, like the fat ones, full of meth that he's just made. Real meth. We don't do bathtub bullshit. They know how. So there's corn, too, and farms everywhere where I'm from. You can get the anhydrous off of the field. That's what they spray on the corn. I don't fucking, they never would tell me. I swear, they always kept me shielded from that shit. But they were like, that's what they made it of. And that's real, like, Breaking Bad bullshit. Like, when you burn it, it has, like, a red, we would call it red-eye gravy. It has a red bead in it when it runs. And that's how you really know it's good fucking shit. Okay. So he's got a bunch of this fucking meth, and we have no money and a bunch of mushrooms. (laughs) It's that summertime, and the fields pop around there. And that's really kind of what it's. Access to that really opened me up from fighting off like the racism and bullshit that you have to grow up with when you're from a place like where I'm from. It's a real daily struggle, man. It's rough around here. It's it's very shielded, but it's it's. Listen, I, I know Mississippi. I went. I was in Mississippi. I stopped to get gas. I go in to pay for gas. This is in the '90s. And the first Ooh. word I heard was the N word. When Ooh, I the first 90s, the first man. word. The first word, a conversation between two other people when I walked in, I was like, holy shit. Look, man, I was maybe six. <laughs> There's only one black kid in my school, and he was a year below me at that time. More kids came later on. 
but it was when they just started talking about African-American and all that kind of stuff. And somehow it had come through my head on the news. But also, Dirk's been throwing N-bomb every fucking way. So I go up to this kid, and I'm like, hey, do you prefer to be called African-American or... And that motherfucker popped me in the jaw, and he said, I'm fucking black. <laughs> he didn't like that either. <laughs> never, don't say that anymore. You get fucking hit in the face, man. Don't say that shit. And so, like, that's so, such a contradiction, man, when you're hearing that shit at home all the time. And the one kid that you know who is black is yep. so nice, and you're friends with him, and it's not an issue. And so, like, I mean, that's for a small child to deal with that shit. It's fucked up. So, anyway, I got so off course. We're going through. <laughs> we're going through Mobile, Alabama. We have all these drugs on us, and the no brakes on the Cutlass Supreme two door nope. that we ride. No brakes. No brakes. E brake, baby. The foot one. Yeah. Click, click, click. Yep. That's how you had to slow down. <laughs> We're coming through Mobile. It's two o'clock in the morning, man. The tag light is out. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, Jesus Christ. Every time. Why, bro, why don't you just drive yourself to the fucking police station? <laughs> they pull us over, man. The kid who's driving is a minor. He's 17. So he's got to go to jail because it's out of state and it's fucking. <laughs> he's a minor out of state. You can't do that. Nobody has a valid driver's license. <laughs> We've all got DUIs and shit by now. We don't have fucking IDs. And we got a bunch of drugs. The kid they pull out of the car has a dugout, electrical tape around his ankle. But it doesn't have weed in it. It has meth in it. Oh, fuck. So he's popped. Everybody out the car. As I'm getting out the car, I got a sack of weed in my nuts and a pair of shorts. Step out, the fucking weed hits the ground, man. Right in front of me. I I kicked it (laughs) over the car. At the same time, my buddy, whose meth had fallen out of his shorts, meth and the fucking big-ass amber thing fell out of his shorts. He kicked it. It rolled to my side. They charged me with all of that meth. No. I was 19, bro. So they they bring us to the holding cell. Nobody ever seen shit like this. So we're there for about three or four hours. They test it. They come out and they're like, you boys got ripped off. This is bad cocaine. This isn't cocaine. And we were like, can we have it back? <laughs> yeah. So they're no. testing meth for cocaine, not knowing it's meth. Thinking it's just and they think we just got ripped off or something. Or they wanted to keep it and they didn't want to deal with us motherfuckers out of state. They keep the two minors that are with us. And they had to wait for their parents to come. One buddy got busted with weed, so we had to spend the night in Mobile and wait for him to come out the next day. And instead of going back home, we still went to fucking Panama City. Of course man. you did. Of course. We ended up having to pawn his amp, his speakers. That was back in the like. He had these two big-ass fucking uh, 15s in the back that would make you just whoop, 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 whoop. You know, this shit. He's had to pawn all that shit and get a money order just to get back home. It was fucked. God damn, dude. It was fucked. All so, right, so let's get me to rehab now. Okay. I had all these DUIs, and I had uh, I got one running from the cops. I was doing 95 running from the police with my sister in the car with me. You're on our way. 
You had your sister in the car, and you're on a high-speed chase from the police. <laughs> Hammer. Hammer. Oh, my God. Hammer, bro. So I'm going around this curve like this. What are you driving? Just a, a 1995 green Ford Escort. Original Four-door rims? Four-door stick shift. Original, stick. hell yeah. Yeah, we Fucking had a stick, too, bro. Yeah. I could drive that motherfucker. And those are the back roads to get to the beer store because my license is so suspended. I've got to go like two hours through all these hills and shit so I never see a cop to get beer. And, you know, like it's nuts. We're coming back from this high school party and I see blue lights and just turn around and they pursue. So I'm coming around this curve and fucking lose it. Bam! And eat it face first and fucking, yeah, no seatbelt. Oh. My th- I got like, see this big dent and yeah. shit right here. Yeah, That's man. from that? Yeah. No treatment whatsoever. They strapped me to a fucking board. I didn't even get a DUI that time because I was in the hospital so long. What uh, <laughs> What happened to your sister? She was okay. She just had, like, real bad. I mean, it was fucked, man. It was fucked. And I had so many DUIs, they put me on house arrest. And so to get out of wearing the bracelet, I was like, I'll go to long-term treatment for five months where they give you a job, you know, you got the 42 days getting sober and I vomited blood and all. Damn. I was a case, a case a day, every day. A case of what? A beer a day, every day. Every for day? For From years. I was 19 you to don't, about I mean, I would expect you to be 400 pounds, dude. Three. I was, I got 250. It was about as big as I ever got. Okay. But I'm doing a lot of meth and coke. And Good fucking, point. Good point. <laughs> I Good mean, point. I'm working in furniture, which is like, hustling man you gotta be fast fast i'm not fasting but i can't move quick anymore because of so many years of just <gasps> and tripping <laughs> it's fucked so i get into rehab everything's going great and i'm doing great and i've been sober for a long time and the jobs they give you are very menial but they pay really well so that when you get out and also so you can cover the fee to live there when you get out you've got enough money built up to kind of get going because you're newly sober and a lot of shit's going on. All right. I become the wing commander, which is like if you live on, the, it's like an octagon kind of thing with a with a room in the middle, uh, t- a tower kind of thing in the middle. So I'm chilling. As I come walking through one night and there's just this uh, disgraced doctor and another lady who are working the desk, who are kind of the free, most free-spirited people who work there at night. The girls are in there playing charades. And I'm like, hey, I love charades or Pictionary or some shit. Can I go in there? You're not supposed to mingle, boys and girls, only during, like, classes and all this kind of shit. Motherfuckers would pass notes in the hall. It was so, like, junior high in that place. It's, it's a trip. People fall in love like that when they're in there because they're newly sober, and they just don't know what the fuck. The pink so, cloud. That's what Dr. Drew's Yeah, pink cloud. Pink that's cloud. it, man. It's been so – that was oh, 15 years ago or more. So I'm in there. They let me go in. Well, that's opening the floodgates, dude. All the new guys who are newly sober on the other wing start seeing there's a boy in there with a girl. Huh. And they the whole eventually it's just free for all. Women are going to the men's side and fucking. Men are going to the women's side and fucking. I had a roommate who a girl used to slip in his bed in our bedroom every night and fuck him. And then slip out and go around the building. She was married and shit. Her kids would come on the weekend. <laughs> she was fucked. It was fucked. And you're supposed to be like brutally honest and all that shit in there. And she's fun. They got caught. He had to go to prison for that. Like, yeah. Well, he was like, it was a condition of his parole that he complete treatment and he fucked up and he had to go. 
Mm-hmm. And she had to apologize. It was fucked up. So anyway, we're in there and it's just party, wide open party. And one of these guys calls his wife and is like, hey, baby, rehab's wide open. Come up here and give me some pussy. And she calls the fucking director of the rehab and is like, why is my husband, who is six days sober, calling me to fucking come up there and get laid and shit, bring him some drugs? So they call the cops. The canines come. We're in there. In that classroom, man, it's like the accordion doors. You know, pussy, like pussy will get you every time. God, we're damn. in there hiding, dude, <laughs> in the pitch black. You know, like that ringing in your ears, and it's like whoa, 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 whoa. They got whoa, the canines whoa. in there, and shit. yeah, looking oh, for drugs fuck. and shit. That's what they thought was going on, and they caught a guy with drugs, man. He had to go. He had weed and shit, and I didn't even know it. I wasn't fucking around. I stayed sober, and I was only playing Pictionary. But I fucking opened the floodgates because I'm the wing commander and these people are looking for any kind of authority. And once that authority crumbles, especially in the middle of the night, it's over, bro. Everybody got fired. It was so fucked up. <laughs> it was <laughs> so fucked up. That doctor, he was he was writing scripts and shit, and that's why he lost his life. He fucking lost it. I think he went off the deep end after it was fucked up, man. It was crazy. That's my first rehab. So <laughs> Can't, look, we have about 15 more minutes. and Oh, God damn. I man. know, bro. I'm telling you, you could do three hours. Man, I'll do more if you want. Give me, um, I want to hear about your relapse. Um, relapse and, motorcycle. Let's he, do that one. Yeah, please. And then I go to prison after that. <laughs> so wait, I do have to ask this because I know there's a difference. All these times you're being locked up for DUI and stuff, it's jail. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Just go to the county and shit. So you haven't uh, my been dad, you haven't been to prison adopted, yet. No, no, no okay. prison yet. Okay. House arrest. My adopted father is a game warden. So he's burning all his good old boy tokens to keep me out of trouble. And this is it's the, the time. least he could do. He stole two million fucking dollars from Yeah, him. yeah. You paid he him. He fucking get, he got a DUI in the state truck and they fired him. No. He's not a game warden anymore. Yeah, he got two DUIs like in a month. Dirk. Dude, motherfucker never came to see me in prison. Did not come to my wedding. Did not come when my first child was born. Damn. Left my mother and had an affair and married another woman. Fuck that motherfucker. And then my sister will always be like, Dad's been asking about you. I'm like, that ain't my fucking dad, man. I don't know what you're talking about. My dad's dead. I saw him that one time. I saw him one and done, bro. Yeah, that motherfucker's dead, man. Mitch, come here and look at your dad real quick. All right, let's close. close When I was on on house arrest, this is a really fucked up, I got to say this, man. When I was on house arrest, I tried to reach out to his sister Mm -hmm. and her son, who looks mirror fucking image of me without a beard. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I saw a picture of him. He's about my age. Calls me up and did a background check on me. And was like, I'm about seven DUIs in by then. It's like, never fucking contact my mother again. And she was so devastated and all this kind of shit. I've never spoken to him since. That's fucked up. So, so yeah. Second rehab. I get sober. It's a 42-day thing. It's right across the street from the Mississippi University for Women, which is where I went to college. My mother went there. And men can go there as well. Okay, it's, okay. A, it's a eight to one ratio. Gosh. Eight women for one dude. I was a non-traditional student. So they're like, I'm in the county jail when I signed my papers to get into college. And the judge was like, 
we'll let you out of this last DUI. After I'd already been on house arrest and got DUIs, I got another fucking DUI. And they were like, well, you've been accepted to college, so we'll give you one last chance, okay? So I get into the W, and I was going to be a history professor. And I made it to my senior year. And at that time, I was taking, like, Paxil and shit. Uh, and, and it kind of helped with my – I had real bad depression and stuff back then. Well, my – I had no insurance and the place wouldn't give me the medication anymore. So I had to get something from the W, which was Zoloft. And I mean, the second I started taking it, suicide, suicide, suicide. Fucking really? Kill fucking kill yourself. Fucking kill yourself. Yeah, man. So I drank instead. I was like, don't want to fucking kill myself. I'll just get hammered. Something's going on. I'll just get hammered. So I, one night I go to the bar, get fucking hammered. I don't even remember. And I'm walking home, and it's like an old-timey antebellum town kind of thing. You're walking through all these big big houses and stuff, and the old campus is there and everything. It's really beautiful. So I'm walking down the street, and the door to the funeral home, this funeral home I walked by a thousand times. The door is wide open, and I'm kind of morbid. So I'm like, I wonder what's in there. And I look, and it's an old-school hearse like Ghostbusters yeah, style. Yeah, yeah. And I go in, and I check. I'm like, wow, that's fucking cool. Look over to my left. There's a Harley Davidson soft tail with the keys and the fucking ignition. <sighs> I've never been on a motorcycle in my fucking life. I was going to ask, do you know how to ride in one? In my that's, fucking that's, life. That's I was a beast. 29. That's a beast. 29. Yeah. <laughs> I was in college, living in the dorms, one semester away from being a high school history teacher. So this motorcycle's got the keys in it, and I'm hammered. So I push it out to the parking lot, and the fucker is heavy, man. Yeah. It's an old bike. It's an old bike. I dropped it a couple of times. The windshield shattered. It's got it back up. Like... It's about 3 o'clock in the morning. Middle of the like, college is right there. Fucking wham, 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 wham. Get in, gear. <laughs> the person who owns it come and run it out yet or what? That's Hold on, man. <laughs> you got to hang in there. The bike goes flying out from between oh, my legs. No. And I'm like, horsey stance and shit. Falls over. Still running. I pick it back up. Fucking wham, 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 wham. Get it out of the parking lot. And then it falls over in me, on me in the street, and the, like it's pinning me down. It's like, I'm going to abandon this venture at this point. Uh, then the guy comes out. And he goes, what the fuck are you doing? <clears throat> so like the, the people who work on the bodies, there's an apartment above the thing. And that's, you know, they have to stay sometimes and sleep. Well, this motherfucker, I take off running, man. He's like, wait right there. I'm calling the cops. I'm like, fuck you. I get my leg out, take off running, go to the dorms, swipe my little ID card, get in my dorm room, and I can hear the cops going up and down. But it's right after Christmas, so there's nobody in the dorms. So I'm the only motherfucker at 3 o'clock at night who swiped their ID card. Oh. And the next day, they come knocking on my door. My leg's all fucked up and shit. And then I'm look, I'm honest if anything so when they catch me they got i'm like they're like i'm like you hear about the motorcycle <laughs> they're like yeah yeah we're here about that <laughs> take me in so the bike 
belonged to the woman that the coroner was having an affair with. <laughs> it's always something with your ass, man. It can't just be some normal shit. Uh, they were up there fucking in the apartment. So when I take off running, he pursues me. Well, the cops call his house because his alarm has been set off. It's burglary of a business and all this kind of crazy shit. I set the motion detectors off. So they call his wife. and like, we got this motorcycle registered to so-and-so here. And she's like, what the fuck is her bike doing there? He got divorced over that shit. Wait, you, you've ruined a rehab and a marriage? <laughs> you got that guy. You got, poor bastard. I mean, what am I saying? Poor. <laughs> He's up there him. cheating on his wife, and he got divorced over it. Yeah, you're right. Good for Look, him. man, so they send me to – that's it. I'm going to fucking prison. Dude. So hold on. You relapse. You steal a motorcycle from a funeral really. parter. I mean, I crunk it up, and it fell over. <laughs> you so. stood still. It's attempted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they got uh, they got me for uh, – uh, Yeah, what's the charge? Larceny. Okay, grand, grand larceny. larceny. All right. On top of – I'm already a convicted felon because but, of DUI. But now it's not jail. This is now prison. prison. And what is that so, like? I go to central processing, bro. It's fuck. You're in the county jail for a long time. And I always have to pee. I remember when they were transporting me, I'm shackled to this other motherfucker. And I had to pee so bad the whole time. It was like four-hour drive. They bring you down to central Mississippi to process you, strip you, shave your head, all that bullshit. And put you in a pod with a hundred dudes. Damn. So I'm in there. The guy in the rack right across from me is like, hey man, you smoke cigarettes? And I'm like, yeah, I smoke cigarettes. Hands me a fucking hand roll that he used the toilet paper wrapper to make cigarettes and Bible pages and shit. But he's got access to them because he's in a wheelchair. He's paralyzed. So every time they take him up to go get medical, he comes back down with a brick of fucking tobacco and shit. So I'm like, hell yeah, getting cigarettes all I want. And his rat partner is this big motherfucker, about 6'4", at least, three-something, G-Mac. Him and this other dude would do a 1,000 push-ups a day. Damn. I sat there and watched them. I was in there for about two months, and that motherfucker did push-ups every goddamn day. It was crazy. So anyway, he took care of that guy. And I kind of developed a rapport with him. We got along and everything, and I wasn't affiliated with any kind of gang or anything. But G-Mac is of a gang where blue is their favorite color and I don't want to discuss anything else about that. So this one guy, the way they come get you is you're sleeping in the middle of the night and they just tap you on the foot. They're like, get your fucking shit. You're going to wherever you've been classified to, which is a custody where you're like a trustee or B or C where you're locked up. All that shit. So they classify me wrong. I'm supposed to be a custody trustee, but they be custody me. So I start freaking the fuck out. Like, all right, now I got to get hard and be a real prisoner. So I'm like, I'm going to get on this tobacco hustle and try to be legit this kind of bullshit. So stamps are the money of the time in there. And I get a deal going on with this other guy to get some tobacco down so I can get free cigarettes and all this money. And I got to learn to be a hustler because I'm going to real big boy prison now. Well, this motherfucker is of a rival gang as GMAC. And GMAC does not take too kindly to this. And I'm sitting there like rolling up cigarettes and selling them out. And then I look up and I fucking like 40 motherfuckers surrounding my bunk and are like, give us the fucking tobacco. And you got to be, 
you got to be hard. And I'm like, fuck you, come fucking take it. And they start to move, man. And then GMAC comes over and he's like, ho, 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 ho. It's very democratic in jail sometimes. And he's like, fucking conference and holds a conference with all the rival gangs in the little pods, just a hundred people in there, you know, but there's so many factions already. And so blue gang is bigger than red gang. So blue gang wins. They get the bulk of my tobacco and red gang gets a little bit of my tobacco because they were involved in it. And I get five rolled up cigarettes and then I got to be jumped in because GMAC protected me and I got to fucking. Now you got to join a gang in prison. Yeah. Just because they saved your ass. They oh, saved God damn. It was fucked up. So it jumped in. Then word comes down. Oh, I'm sorry. We didn't fuck your classification up. Everything's okay. And then you go and I go to like the satellite facility where I get a job out in the street. Wait, but well you just got jumped in, bro. I just got jumped <laughs> you in. You got your ass whooped for nothing. For nothing. <laughs> And then the I moment get, they jump you in, they're like, we're going to transfer you out of here. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> you're and, an honorary crip, I guess. Well, and legitimately, you're not supposed to be jumped in when you're in process. They're like, weak bitches are in process and don't fucking jump them in because people who's scared. And let me tell you, I was a scared motherfucker, man, but it was better that than deal with the Aryans and shit like that. I, I Listen, I hear that. That shit. Yeah that shit but the satellite facility man was a trip it was my wife i've been married for 11 years now congrats we dated all through colleges all through college but when she graduated she's from the town where i was placed in the satellite facility so she got to come see me every weekend and i got like a three-day furlough and that's when i fucking proposed to her and that's the first time i met her parents <laughs> is when they <laughs> They let me out of prison for the weekend. You get like three days where you go home. So as soon as I leave prison, I go to her parents' house where she's cooked me lasagna and shit. And I'm like, ah, nice to meet y'all. I'm fucking. Do they know you were coming out of prison? Yeah, they knew everything. The first, when when she started coming to see me is when she broke it to them that we were even dating. Hey, by the way, I'm dating a felon who's in prison and I'm going to start going to see him every Sunday. (laughs) We're in love. That is definitely something I don't want to hear my daughter ever fucking say to me. <laughs> hey, look, man, it worked out. We live, I mean, it did. But do you want to hear your kids say that to you? Do you have kids? Fuck no. Fuck. That's why I'm right. Ra- well, my kids have a father. Oh, you do have kids. That's right. There you go. Amen. My kids have a motherfucking father. That's right. You know, and that's number one is be a fucking father. Amen. Like I tried to all these stories, man, and I tried to be funny and all that kind of shit, but it's. It pulls too much away, and I had to make the sacrifice. Either you be a dad or you do this shit, so that's what it is. But So you've been clean and sober for how long now? 13 years. Good for you. The, uh, the night I got the motorcycle thing, I did have a couple suicide attempts and stuff. Fear uh, Out of fear of going to prison. I was so afraid to go to prison because I was like, it's going to change me fundamentally. And But, you know, probably for the better. Damn, I got real bad anxiety and stuff like that. But you know, smoking out deals with it, and just keep rolling, man. So now you're you're also on a straight and narrow out with the law as well. How how long have you oh, been, how long have you been not in trouble with the law? More than ten since I got out. I got out of prison in May of 2010. But 
okay, so there's this one time my son, when my son was born, he'd just been christened that morning. That Sunday, it was a Sunday. It's the, I remember because it's the weekend Deadpool came out. That's how I remember. And I, my wife was, I was like, I got to see this movie. I love this shit. So I convinced her to let me go out after 10, you know, the 10 o'clock show. Go to the movie, smoke a huge fucking J. <laughs> and it been keeping it quiet from her since I got out of prison that I was smoking. That was a real fucking, like, shock. But I'm coming back from the movie in my neighborhood, like a block away from my house. Got a headlight out. Got pulled over. Fucking another felony. I God, beat the charge. Man. Yeah, I had an oh, ounce of weed. It. I had an ounce of weed on me. Uh, I would buy like an ounce every month or something like that. Because I hate going to make deals, man. I don't like being... I've done all that shit. You know, I'd like it to be normal where I could just fucking just go to the store and get what I need. But that's what I had to deal with. And those motherfuckers sure did, man. They locked me up. I was on probation. I could have went back to prison. But my PO was like, don't cut your break, man. Because he had been with me ever since I got out of prison and seen me grow and was just like, we'll give you a break. And then two weeks ago, I got my paperwork in the mail saying I'm fully expunged, no felonies on my record. I can You're no get, longer a convict? No longer convicted felon. No. Hell yeah, no longer convicted felon. Well, anytime you were no ever, longer a convict and no longer convicted felon. Yeah, well, felon. you always be that. But yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not a fe- I can have a passport again. <laughs> you know? Wow, you can't. I didn't I, know that happened. I thought once you were, you always were. Mm-mm. It, it's nonviolent offenders. And, oh. you know, they have the. Uh, that makes sense. The, uh, what's it called? The expungement project here mm-hmm. in Mississippi. And they contacted me and said, look, you know, you're a felon on our records. You're nonviolent. You're a perfect candidate. Uh, whatever. It cost me like 700 bucks. It took a while. But it cost me 700 bucks and they got everything cleared. Anything on my record, federally, wherever. All clear. Mitch, dude, congrats on that, man. That's Thank that's you. really fucking all. That's a hell of a turn from having no dad to getting all the way there to being a dad to being a husband to to no longer being a convicted felon. Congrats on that, bro. This Thank has been a fun you. fucking episode. And I know, I know, I was trying Look, to. Get I you. got more, man. I know. If you ever need me, <laughs> I know, bro. If you ever need me, just reach out. You're fantastic, I got Mitch. Thank a fucking you. million of them. I got um, I appreciate you, and I appreciate all of you out there as well. If you or anyone you know has that story that has to be heard, please submit it to honeydewpodcast at gmail.com. You do not need to be a Patreon to do the show, uh, a member. I should say a patron uh, to do the show. Um, And, um, you know, you're getting the Honeydew still a day early, ad-free at no additional cost. I'm keeping this thing at 5 bucks a month. Um, And come out and see me on tour. Tickets are available at ryansickler.com. We'll talk to you all next week.